Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. A Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Colin. Colin doesn't seem as that's delighted. Nearly, that's nearly like as if that was forced there, Paul. No, you don't seem as happy as I am that you're on I'm the show today. I'm this bleak, horrible weather, Paul, and I'm just delighted to be inside. That's the, the thing, it's horrible. Well, saying it's the school holidays this week, that's always when the weather's terrible. Colin is broadcasting from Greenock. 
uh, a hotbed of Celtic talent. I am broadcasting from Dalkeith. Where are you watching the show around the globe? We have an audience base now that is stretched far and wide. Massive amount of people watching in Australia these days, Colin. Often on the catch-up, depending mm-hmm. on where they are and obviously what time of the day it is. It's always an absolute pleasure to hear from our uh, commenters, our viewers. And we are bridging that gap by going live. And uh, We're going to be going live throughout 2023. Um, is it a tour? Is it an Axom tour? If so, what should the tour be called? Uh, January has been announced and has sold out. We'll be announcing February very, very soon. The January one sold out before we even announced the fact that the one and only Brian Chalky McClear is our special guest. He is going to regale you with tales uh, in a way that only Chalky can. Because we've had experience with Chalky alive, haven't we, Colin? And it yep. was something of an experience. What was your memories uh, of the Greenock, the Greenock night? Yeah, um, we had the the concern because apparently Chalky's got some some good pals down in Greenock, um, and they were catching up for the first time in a number of years, and that catch up tends to involve a couple of beverages here and there. So um, we'd heard he'd been basically enjoying himself from about half two that afternoon but no ever the professional we turned up um was able to uh, regale all the the classic stories and uh, get the crowd basically uh, you could have heard a pin drop when he was telling the story everybody was so intrigued to what he had to say um and then to be fair to him normally when we've got a guest down when it was like my, when it was like us two running it, we'd have to vet the questions. We'd have to run it by everybody to make sure that there was um, anything that we couldn't say or could say. Um, but no, to be fair to Chalky, he just went whatever they've asked me, I'll answer. He did. And, he uh, did. The only person I've ever seen doing that. The uh, only guest I've seen doing that. The other thing I loved and I remembered is. Uh, you guys have got the cordless mics at Greenock and mm-hmm. he just started walking in and amongst the crowd. He, he will go yep. off the stage and he started going up to people and asking them what they thought. It was brilliant. And it will be brilliant in January. Superb venue, sold out. Um, there are links underneath the video description. If you click on the Axon ticket link, you can add your name to a waiting list just in case any tickets come up for sale. Um, and I've got to say there are... 50-odd tickets already claimed that are not yet available, Colin. So it has been a popular announcement and Mm -hmm. uh, we will email you in advance of the February gig, give you the first chance to get your tickets for February. So there is a point in getting down there and uh, registering your details. Loads to talk about over the weekend, Colin. You were at the game. I was sitting for two and a half to three hours in traffic because Fife, um, I don't know. That's all you had to say. Did they want us us to leave? Are they trying to make us stay in Fife? I'm not sure. But we couldn't get out. No, it's um, just because Fife hasn't really adapted to the 21st century, Paul. Oh, my goodness. Right, we'll leave it at that, Colin. <laughs> uh, Celtic back to their best, as the tagline says, 100 Club Forest. I really want to focus on James A. Because I think, um, you know, it's out there. You can check all the previous episodes. We've been supporting James A. Forrest. I've mm-hmm. been talking about him since he got his contract. There's a group of players in the squad and Ange actually pointed this out that aren't going to be starters they're not going to start every week but they're going to contribute and James Forrest showed how he still can contribute to this football club and we're going to touch on the refereeing show because obviously the magic wand that is VAR is going to be introduced and make the poor referees all the better or not we're going to be talking all about that let's start off with Matt O'Reilly 
Colin, Matt O'Reilly, who has been moved position uh, due mm-hmm. to the situation we have with Callum McGregor's injury and and suspension because he was suspended last week. And I think O'Reilly has shown. I think he's been brilliant in a kind of deeper lying role. What's your thoughts been on Matt O'Reilly's performance? Um, it's a difficult one, I think, because I'm not so used to seeing him play in there. I know when we were speaking about it in the chat, there was a lot of discussion about how he played quite a number of games for MK Dons in that position. Mm. Um, but I, th- I think Matt O'Reilly's been off the boil for a while. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Maybe as far back as the, the game against Rangers. Um, I think that was the last time we really saw a really solid professional uh, performance from him. Other times, I think he's just been sort of drifting in and out of positions. Maybe it is because he's now playing that deeper role when I see Callum McGregor playing that deeper role, I see him dropping in, looking to pick up the pass, um, looking to, to build the play. Uh, but there was a bit at one point, I think it was in the, the first half, where um, the big striker for um, Hibs, who, to be fair, had a terrible game um, when he was hooked at half-time, um, he was sort of standing in between. It was like him and Boyle, um, and the, the two centre-halves, obviously, in Jens and Carter Vickers. And it was as if O'Reilly just... Every time O'Reilly moved, he ended up hiding behind one of the strikers. Mm. So the pass wasn't on to him. That's why the passes kept going left. And to be fair, you're getting a lot of joy down our left-hand side, their right-hand side in the first half. But I just don't think he's naturally suited to play in that position. The way I like to see Matt O'Reilly playing is getting on the ball, looking forward and sort of getting that ball wide or, or driving onto the ball, I just don't think he's 100% that sort of number six. And he's only, to be fair, he's only in there temporarily. I wouldn't see him there as a full-time replacement for Callum McGregor. But um, yeah, I think he's he's playing in there okay. I didn't think he had that much of an influence on the game on Saturday, to be perfectly honest. So... Um, maybe I'm seeing it differently. It is interesting how people view the game uh, differently, Colin. It's that simple. I, obviously, I watched it back this morning just so that we could get prepared for for this. And it was a massive concern when McGregor, obviously it was a massive concern when he was going to be missing for a few weeks. And um, we were talking about you know, who's going to fill that role. And I just think that O'Reilly... Um, maybe unexpectedly is the man who's done it uh, and I've been looking at the, the way that he's been linking up defence to the wings mainly um, and I think he's really fitted in brilliantly what do you reckon bring it in on the comments wherever you're watching a Celtic state of mind I'm going to bring in Norbin Kalshi who is a regular contributor in the comments field he says I'm first up for don't have a clue award we've all been there um, imagine calling for James Forrest to be let go in January. I remember some of the concerns were, heard this quite a lot, he's injury prone. Remember, that was one of the arguments. James e. Forrest is injury prone. And uh, what I said at the time is that if that was the case, we wouldn't be handing him a new deal, which I think was a four-year deal, Colin. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it a four-year deal? Three-year deal. Um, but I think that a lot of it comes down to the fact that if you look at James Forrest's performance last season, you're sitting there playing him on the left-hand side to accommodate whoever was on the right, whereas his recent performances, he's been playing down his natural right-hand side position. And before the game on Saturday, you were sitting there thinking, right, we've got a couple of injuries here. Abada's not quite 100% fit. Jota's obviously out for another maybe one or two games. 
you're sitting there going, you can actually trust James Forrest to come into that game. That was a couple of times there you came across a bit Charlie Nick sitting there thinking, Colin. That was a couple <laughs> of times in the same in the same flow. I just thought I would pick pick you up on that. Yeah, if I was as good as Charlie Nicholas on the football park, I would take that. Um, no, but genuinely, he's one of those ones where last season when he was coming on, if you seen him down the left hand side, you thought he's just not going to get into this game. There was very little input from him down that left-hand side, whereas now playing on the right-hand side, he's back to what he knows best. He's getting on, he's taking his man on, he's getting those balls over, um, and he took his goals at the weekend fantastically well. And it kind of takes you back to the forest of maybe three or four seasons ago, um, where you used to be like, right, get the ball to forest and he'll give you something. Mm. He was a guy that was scoring 20 goals and assisting 20 goals a season at that point. But when you play him out of position... Some people can do it, some people can't. James Forrest has just shown that he's not naturally suited out with that right-hand side. But if you play him to his strengths, he's going to contribute something to the squad, and that's exactly what he did on Saturday. I mean, you look at it, Hibs, they should be one of our toughest opponents. Yeah. I think Lee Johnson's having a terrible time at it at Hibs. Um, obviously, he's got quite a few injury concerns that he's dealing with. He's got a, but, he's got a jacket concern as well. I, I don't think you're wanting to talk about jackets, Paul. <laughs> Come on, that's not fair. Um, what but, What is the story with the jackets? Because, I mean, he's walking about the touchline there like, I don't know, Del Boy, right? And, and you come back at me because somebody said I wear a jacket. Like a Matlan jacket. Like, <laughs> but, a Matlan jacket like I'm sitting watching Top Gear with my, my denim jeans on in this jacket. I thought it was a bit harsh. But anyway, uh, is I, harsh I, on Lee I, stopped, I stopped wearing it. No, <laughs> no, but Lee Johnson, as I say, on that uh, on that touchline, he knows in this world if he's gonna if he's gonna sport such attire, he's gonna get a paste in, right? right. Uh, listen, it's probably a beautiful jacket. Maybe just knowing the touchline in two thousand and twenty-two. What was the one that was a boy down south? Oh, um, oh, the the, 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 the leather thing. No, 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 no. The 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 boy Parker. That was um, it was a film manager for a spell. Oh yes, yeah. He had a cardigan. It was worth about fifteen hundred pounds or something like that. Oh, it's obscene. Too much money than sense. Oh, obscene. Anyway, it's not the fashion show here, but uh, I thought I'd pick, <laughs> pick him up on his his dress sense. I will come back to him because I, I I listened to his post match, and there's a few things he said in there that I thought um, were excellent. To be fair, and I know. Uh, a couple of hibbies quite close uh, to a state of mind who um, have said that some of the stuff that he's been coming out with hasn't been great this season, but I'm going to pick him up on a few points. But we're not going to be uh, moving on from James Forrest quite yet. As everybody knows, he scored his, uh, his... He took his tally up to 100 at the weekend, one of only 30 players to be in that category, to be in that 100 club. Uh, I think there's a book or a DVD out Century Boys, they're used. To, I'm sure it was a, maybe both. Anyway, mm-hmm. definitely a book. Uh, Century Boys running through all the legendary Celtic figures who had scored a hundred or more goals for the club. He's in that club. He's 31 years of age. Someone tweeted out over the weekend the age of his teammates when he scored his first goal for Celtic. Unbelievable, right? Scary. Um, it is. It is scary because I mean he scored his first goal. I think 14 years 2011, ago. 2011, I think it was. Was it? Um, he was 17, was he not? 17 when he scored his first goal. Was it as um, far back as that? I thought it was 2000. And, maybe it was, so that would have been, what, 2009? 2010? 
listen. It was under what, Neil Lennon. I remember that. It, I remember it Neil was. Lennon. It was against Motherwell, wasn't it? Yeah, four 0 victory over seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know when when you look at it like that, it, it brings home just how um, a career of longevity sometimes is taken for granted because he's been there for that entire period. Fourteen seasons in a row, he has scored a goal for Celtic, which is incredible. Isn't that a record? Someone on the comments field might be able to tell us. Um, he's sitting on 99 assists, Colin. I've got 100 already. 99. 100 last year. 99. He's on 99. I thought he got his 100th last season. Are you just going to mess up my stats today, Colin? He's, he's, I thought, he's I thought played... last season he made his 100th assist for well, Celtic. According to Transfer Mart, it's 99. They did get his goal wrong. They, they got it wrong for, for poor Declan at the weekend as well. Yeah, I know. Although, I mean. they made up for it. He did. Uh, and uh, another one I'm interested in, though, Colin, is uh, he's going to be a, a player I would expect very soon to join an illustrious 500 club, which um, I always bang on about. I love the Celtic history and I love the stats. And that is the 500 club there. The last player to join that club, of course, was Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. Just read the names. Read the names, right? Billy McNeil, Paul McStay, Roy Aiken, Danny McGrain, Pat Bonner, Alec McNair, Scott Brown, Bobby Lennox, Bobby Evans, Jimmy McMenemy, Jimmy Johnson, Tommy Burns. I mean, absolute bona fide Celtic legends. So if anybody tells me that James E. Forrest isn't, then you've just got to look at the, the names that he's going to join, I would expect, very soon. So he's, he's what? He's uh, 49 games away. From 500. So, he would have made that one out, to be perfectly honest, Paul, if it wasn't for... Last two his, seasons. Not even that. His injury concerns kind of earlier in his career. There was times where he was missing sort of three, four months at a time um, when it was before he was properly diagnosed with the fact that he had... Um, what is it that he's got? Um, the sort of bone thing, arthritis, done in both legs. That was the thing. That's, that was what he was diagnosed with, roughly about the time that um, Brendan Rodgers as a Claxon, as soon as he took over at Celtic Park, he was moved in to get into this specialist treatment, and that's where Celtic got the best three years out of him. Under I've, under like so like Ronnie Dyla and stuff, they tried so many different things, but they couldn't quite get it going for him. Um, and then when Brendan Rodgers came in and they brought the new sports science team in. Um, they went through it and when you look back to it mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. He had his best probably two, two and a half seasons under Brendan Rodgers because they monitored it properly and they got him up to that level of fitness. You've seen sometimes under other managers where people who struggle with sort of long-term injuries, the likes of Mikey Johnson, Mm. um, they don't get the chance to come back in and get their spot back when they're fit again or it takes them that bit longer to be fit. What was incredible was the fact that he managed to play maybe, I don't, I don't know, was it 50, 60 games in a row without picking up an injury at one point, James Forrest. And it was the longest he'd played through his career. 
But then again, I think a lot of that comes back to the fact of we're mentioning um, that he played what his first game at 18. A lot of these players that you see that come in at the age of 18, 19, breaking into the first team and playing consistently from that level, guys like Forrest, Tierney, um, I can think of maybe a couple others as well, like James McCarthy, James McArthur. A lot of these players, when they get to their sort of early 30s, they sort of fade out of it a wee bit because think- of the injuries they pick up at a young age. They've they've done a yeah. There's damage being done. There's no doubt about it, Colin. Um, and I think that when you look at some of these players who play well into their thirties, sometimes even their forties. I'm talking about a, a, across the globe. Uh, you know, guys like Paolo Maldini and dare I say Ryan Giggs. Um, it's it's an incredible um, you know it's an incredible achievement because the the, the knocks that you get. Um, throughout that career could prevent you from doing it. I'm just having a look at James Forrest's appearances. So once he's established in the team, um, so season one he makes two appearances, season two he makes 25. Then he becomes established in his third season, 2011-12, where he makes 43 appearances. But I think the period that you might be looking at, Colin, is there's a period of four seasons where he makes 29, 27, 29 and 33. So he's not there or thereabouts, you know, that's the kind of um, average that you were getting from a near beat-on prior to Ange Postecoglou mm-hmm. came in. Yeah. Um, then he goes for a spell, Colin, which again might be uh, post what you were saying, some diagnosis and uh, looking at various other sciences around his um, his training regime. He goes for a period of four seasons where he makes 46, 58, 56, 47. So that's a brilliant run, isn't it? Uh, it's, like, it's like almost twice as many games. Yeah. And what would be interesting at that point as well is to see all of the games in the previous four seasons, how many were starting, how many were coming off the bench compared to that four seasons there. Because at times he was the first name on the team sheet. He won the player of the year and he probably should have won it two or three times over that period um, because his performances were consistent week in and week out. Mm. It's interesting, it really is when you start breaking it down because the four seasons where he's making a lot of appearances, his goal return is 8, 17, 17, 16. In the previous four seasons, it's 4, 7, 4, 2. So you, you can see, uh, like you were saying earlier, he'd have been well into the 500s had it not mm-hmm. been for these periods of his career. And I guess I said the last two seasons. Well, the last two seasons, his appearances have been 17, which was... Um, in Neil Lennon's final season and 32 last season Um, a wee bit more actually than I expected 32 last season but like you say he would have been well into the 500s and I hope he gets there because he will be joining an incredible array of talent uh, from McNeil right down to Tommy Burns and in the modern day I mean yeah we've got another one in Callum McGregor who will probably join him at some stage in the next couple of seasons as well mm-hmm. but it's a, an incredible feat Colin that you've got a couple of guys like that at Celtic and one who has just departed who gave a lot of game time to Hibs prior to coming to Celtic as well um, who are bona fide modern day Celtic legends I mean mm-hmm. what is a legend you could argue the, the toss all day long there's people watching this will be thinking James Forrest isn't a legend but you know, 500 games for the club. Jimmy McGrory's not in that in that list because obviously back then we played a lot less games. Mm-hmm. But he's not in that list, which is incredible. Um, having played less or fewer than, rather, 500 games. Now, you mentioned um, the jacket. No, I mentioned the jacket. You mentioned Lee Johnson. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of things I picked up on. Tongue-in-cheek, listen, I bet you the jacket 
you know, is worth more Cost than my yeah. yes quarterly salary. <laughs> um, however, the other thing I was going to point out is there's been conversations on here on various discussions elsewhere around Ryan Porteous, right? And I get that he played well for Scotland not that long ago. I've never been a fan, and I've said it on this, and I'm in Dal Keith, so I'm saying it in such a way that, you know, I might bump <laughs> into him in Tesco. literally be next door now. <laughs> yeah, I might bump into him at the garage tonight. But I, I've never thought that he was a player. Because I'm talking about, can a player step up and play for Celtic? And this is a discussion, right? Because you go into these games, and often a player will consistently perform and impress against Celtic and you think well can he make that step up and over the years we have had loads of players who have made the step up Colin not every one of them has been a success and the name Ryan Porteous and previous to that I think was it Scott McKenna Aberdeen was getting mentioned about coming to Celtic so I've I've watched Porteous closely I've spoken to the the Hibs fans that I know um, who regard them very very highly it's got to be said and I've never held them in such high regard. And I think when I watched that game at the weekend, wasn't that impressed with his performance, but I also didn't like the way he went about his business with Yakamakis. And I think that um, when players do that, I hate seeing that. You know when a player's down on the ground, injured or otherwise, and they're over him. Remember it happened when mm-hmm. Aismith and Johnny Hayes, mm-hmm. you know, it's I just... not the first time he's done it either. No, I, I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. But that's what I was going to say. I don't th- I think that that shatters any illusion that he is a player that Celtic should be interested in. I keep hearing this um, he's a no-risk signing because he's 23, he's a Scotland international, he'd basically be able to be picked up on a three in January. Um, but we're talking about guys like Stephen Welsh, he's 23. Great. Who, who would you rather have great in point. that squad? Who That's would you rather point. have Stephen Welsh or would you rather have Ryan Porteous? Mm. Now, if I'm going to sign a centre-half, for Celtic just now, I want a centre-half that comes in and replaces either Maritz Jens or Cameron Carter-Vickers because I want the squad depth. I'm not looking for someone who can come in and play second fiddle to them. I'm not wanting somebody that's going to come in and be behind Starfelt or be, be behind Welsh. As it stands just now, I want the only players that's going to come in to improve that first 11 because if they improve the first 11, it'll in turn, improve the general squad overall. Yeah. If you take someone who is playing week in, week out and replace them with someone better, it only makes the squad depth better as well. So Ryan Portes, for me, would be on the same level as Stephen Welsh. He's probably got a bit more experience than Stephen Welsh, but would I play either of the two of them ahead of what we've got in front of us just now? No. So this kind of low-risk low-fee transfer, what's the point? It's just bringing another player in to put him on the wage bill and we'll maybe potentially get five, ten games out of him. That's it. Well, I think that the fact you brought up Stephen Welsh is a good point because I don't think he's better than Stephen Welsh. Uh, I'd be interested to hear anybody's thoughts in the comments field. Is a guy like Ryan Portis any better than Welsh? No. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, it's, it's interesting, right? So you take a look at it, you're saying, is he any better than Stephen Welsh? You take a look at the Scotland squad, Stephen Welsh isn't even getting a sniff in, no. whereas Ryan Portis is. But a lot of this comes down to the fact that Portis is playing week in and week out. But Lewis Morgan's not getting a sniff. Well, in the Scotland squads, Colin. I don't, I don't think that Stevie Clark's got the ability to watch MLS games because there's a few players out there that could potentially get a look in. 
Ryan um, Gold was talking about it during the week, wasn't he? Ryan yeah. Gold saying that that's maybe a thing where where his base is working against them. The only uh-huh. player that seems to be getting a sniff at the minute is Jack Hendry, mm-hmm. uh, because even Liam Henderson is, is performing fifty games at a very high level. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When you take a look at it, right? So obviously Welsh is not playing week in week out for Celtic. Um, there's going to be guys that you take a look at across the league who are getting called into that Scotland squad because they are playing week in, week out. Um, or will be playing week in, week out. I mean, John Suter was in there before him. Is he a better defender than uh, Stephen Welsh? There was, other, there was players like that that were getting called up. Look how long it took for Ralston to get in. Exactly. At one point we had, um, what do you call him? Him that scored the OG last week. Uh, was at Aberdeen, now he's at um, St Johnston. Considine. Considine was getting in there as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously Stephen Welsh was, I think he was captain of the Scotland under-21s at that point. Yeah. But to make that step up from being the under-21s to playing for your national team, you've got to be playing week in and week out. And this is where people think I'm having a go at Stephen Welsh every time I say this. I'm not. Genuinely for his career, he is going to need to either go out on loan or he's going to have to leave Celtic if he wants to progress. See when but he's not um, getting that opportunity. See when there was the scenario where obviously we were down to the bare bones at centre half, Colin, and we were playing Welsh and Yents. I said a couple of times on the Axon Bulletin that I didn't have concerns about them as individuals, but as a partnership, I didn't rate them as a partnership. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of hoping and praying for the return of Carter Vickers, and that has happened. When Carter Vickers came back in, now. Listen, try and rewind because Jens has played very, very well. Yep. Who would you have picked at that point? Do you, did you think there was much between Jens and Welsh at that point? Individually, no. But obviously, Ange knows the experience of having those two played along. <coughs> sorry, playing alongside each other, and it suited the team a lot, lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, Welsh. He has shown, I mean, when you take a look back to when he had that sort of consistent run of games um, in Neil Lennon's last season, at times you're watching the games and he was telling the players where to be, where to position themselves. Mm -hmm. So he does have that sort of leadership experience of playing at the back. However, when you look at players like Cameron Carter-Vickers, Moritz Jens, Carl Starfelt, technically they're just better players. And that's that's no dig at Stephen Welsh. They are just better players. They have more experience under their belt at playing at that sort of top level. Now, all I'm saying is Stephen Welsh, if he was to go out and have a loan spell for six months, 12 months, and be playing as the number one choice centre-back for a team week in and week out, he will develop. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But at Celtic just now, I think his progress is stagnating because he is the backup option. He is the option where we've got two or three injuries, we've got to throw in Stephen Welsh. He's, he's, and I'm not comparing the ability, but he is almost like the modern day Darna Day. See the um, situation with Welsh, we'll get on to Jens in a minute, it'll lead on nicely to Maurice Jens, but I look at the fact that Welsh scores very highly um, in stats and in data, um, his on-ball value, which is one of the, the buzzwords that you hear in the in the stat world, OBV, um, when he gets the ball and, and um, how well he uses that in terms of Celtic creating and scoring chances and him being part of that is astronomically high. And he, and he scores high in a lot of these, these charts, which I think is the reason why he's had some interest from uh, France and also mm. from Italy. Yeah. Um, and then I think, though, that when the interest has happened, Celtic have not been in a good position because although I think game time would be absolutely crucial for Stephen Welsh's d- development, and he is currently the fourth-choice defender if you look at the, the way that uh, Andrew selected the team, at the same time, Colin, I don't think we've been in a good position every time someone's came in for him. No. Be- because of the, the situation that we were in with Julien. Um, that may change, but I, again, I wouldn't obviously be confident in allowing Welsh to go unless we had another centre-half. You know, no. I, There's no way we could do it right now um, because a couple of injuries and you're right down to the bare bones. I think Stephen Welsh has got a future at Celtic. I would like to see him getting more games. I mean, Mikey Johnson, written off time and time again, scored a couple of goals at the weekend. You know, that kind of thing, coming back as a player with confidence in the games and the experience under your belt, Colin, can work wonders. I mean, there's great examples with Chris Ayer and Kyle McGregor, mm-hmm. Ryan Christie. There are great examples that Celtic have utilised the, the loan market. I just don't think we've been a, in a position to allow Stephen Welsh to go in the last I couple of I think this is where you, you properly miss having a reserve league, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. When you look at the kind of squad depth that Celtic's got just now and um, try to get some players some run-out minutes, yeah, OK, the reserve league was traditionally about bringing in... Um, like yeah, your, your sort of young players we saw obviously Karamoko Dembele making his debut at what thirteen, fourteen for the reserve team. Um we've seen other players kinda of making that step up as well across the leagues. I remember I think one of the last reserve leagues was won by a, a Ross County team whose average age was about sixteen or seventeen. Um so it does show that it is meant to be a youth development thing, but you go back to the sort of era maybe when you started going to the games, Paul, and you think that Jimmy of... McGrory wasn't playing. <laughs> no, I'm not going that far back. Um, but you think maybe that Celtic were playing at, um, I don't know, Easter Road, so the reverse fixture would be that Hibs would be travelling to, to Barrafield or they'd be travelling to Celtic Park to play in the reserve game. And you'd still see crowds of 15, 20,000 going to the reserve game because you had guys like Kenny Diglish coming through, you had guys like 
uh, Frank McIverney playing in these games and players that were coming back from injury as well. Maybe a Danny McGrains who'd been out for a while getting that minutes in the, the legs. We're speaking about guys like Stephen Welsh who would probably be, be playing week in and week out for that team. And it would mean that the fact that they're playing 90 minutes against a decent level of opposition would mean that when they're coming into big games where you're sort of struggling for injuries, you're not saying, oh, he's coming in out of the cold. It worked a lot for someone like, um, in recent years, um, Paddy McCourt. Paddy McCourt was a regular for the reserve team. And you just knew that if he played the Thursday and he came off after 60 minutes, you're thinking he's going to be involved in the squad on the Saturday. It was vital. It was a vital key element of development um, for a long, long time. It worked well in Scotland. And everyone um, who remembers it always speaks fondly of it. Uh, Players and fans, the issue that there was in Scotland is that loads of the clubs couldn't afford it because there was, a. I think, by the time it was wound up, Colin, there was an annual cost. Uh, By the way, five-figure cost, but a lot of clubs couldn't afford that. So we're in a situation now where there will never be a return to a Scottish Reserve League because financially not enough clubs will be able to buy into it. But I think there is a way of having a B team in the pyramid which will work better than what we have presently. But Celtic are in a situation where we can't say, right, I want a B team in the second tier of Scottish football where any age group can play, although there needs to be a, a quota of, let's say, teenagers, and there can be no promotion. We've never been in that position, so we've had to go in at the fifth-tier level, and it's not working. But what would eventually benefit Celtic is if, like in Spain and various other countries, and they've done it for generations, we would have a team playing at a high level where not only are you bringing through guys like Rocco Vata, you can also play Stephen Welsh, you can also play Chris Julien last season when he's not getting game time. Mm -hmm. And until that time happens, until there's a structure in place where we can be at a high enough level, and I'm not saying we should just be parachuted into that level. We would need to work up to it, which hopefully will be allowed eventually. I, I just can't see the benefit because it is kids playing um, at a level where if they are needed, you can't expect them to jump from tier five to the top mm-hmm. division. I, I agree with you to an extent on that. I wouldn't necessarily say that the B team experiment isn't working just now. I think it's very difficult to judge something when it's sort of in its infancy still. Uh, obviously, it was there last year and this year, but we are seeing these players are now making that step up to their um, their under nineteens and under twenty one squads. Um, they are playing up at the sort of highest level in the UEFA Europa League. The, sorry, UEFA Youth League this season, mm-hmm. um, getting some fairly decent results, including the victory over uh, Leipzig a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think for an under nineteens team, that isn't a bad experiment but not for a B team or a reserve team. I mean, you're talking about guys like um, like Idiguchi coming back into the frame, who's been out for months and months. Having that opportunity to play a bounce game... It's your goalies as well, Colin. Your keepers. You know, they can go for the whole season. Yeah. Get them games. Uh, And and by the way, another thing that we we should look at is a feeder club. You've got a feeder club with half a dozen players at at a club every single season. You know, and it works. Yeah. It works across the board. Um, but again, obviously, that's that's quite an in-depth discussion, and we'll keep tapping into it. 
I did go into the Ryan Porches thing, and that's what moved us on to the Stephen Welsh discussion and developing players, which has led to this. But the reason that I wanted to talk about the Hibs gaffer is after the game, he did speak about, you know, my players should be banging on that door to find out how Celtic can play the way they play. You know, if you were a player who wanted to improve, you'd want to know how does Kyogo and Hatate prepare for a game, Colin. Um, and he was talking about diet and preparation and all this kind of stuff. And I think that was a compliment to the way Celtic went about their business from Johnson. I think that you've got to take that as a compliment mm-hmm. um, because some of these players and managers coming to Celtic Park when Celtic are on that form must feel as though the gap is so wide you know, when we're pumping Dundee United 9 nothing um, at Tannadice and we're beating, yeah, you know, Ross County, you know, historically, a traditional, a very, very difficult game. We're going and we're turning them over and we're beating Hibs 6-1 at home. These clubs must be looking at Celtic sometimes, like, not this season, by the way, but sometimes the way we've looked at clubs in the Champions League thinking we'll never attain that level. Mm. When Celtic are at their best because I know that we are partly to a poor result here and there. And there's been yeah. a couple of bad performances in recent weeks. The thing that annoyed me as much as he was coming out saying, I want my players to be playing at that level, was he turned around and says, every single one of those goals were, were um, avoidable. And you're saying, well, if that's the case, then every goal's avoidable. Ah, exactly. The modest goal I mean, was avoidable, but it was, yeah. just, a, it was just brilliant. I think he's obviously he's not going to come out and throw his players under the bus. It would be very difficult to do that, um, and it's almost as if it's like a, a sort of I've got to give him a compliment because the the thunder's over here. I don't think he is one to to sort of do that. They'd been on a fairly decent run for a couple of weeks before they came to Celtic Park. I think they'd beat Aberdeen three um, one. They'd lost a previous game before they came here, but when you look at it, it's like I don't know. They're, they're such a hit and miss team, um, and for me, you look at that team that, that sort of lined up against us on um, Saturday, and I'm sitting going, quite a few players I don't recognise in that mm-hmm. Hibs team. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they had much of an attacking outlet, as much as they did try and close us down. Um, they sort of bounced back and um, that that big guy up front for them. He was hooked at half time when he barely touched the ball. I think he had two touches of the ball and that was it. Um, that's a testament to how good Celtic are playing. Uh, and it was a performance for me, considering our previous performances over the last couple of weeks, it was unexpected. But for me, the person that that all came down to was Aaron Moy. I thought Aaron Moy was absolutely outstanding at the weekend. It was probably showed you exactly what he can bring to that Celtic squad. Yeah, and it shows exactly why Ange brought him to the Celtic team. I mean, he set up two goals. He, you know, he's never rushed Colin. That's what I like about him. And, you know, I know sometimes you're always driving forward. He doesn't mind just turning around and putting the ball back. He doesn't mind doing that because he knows that he can build the attack again. He set up at least two goals. I think that Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the doubters have got it in their mind. This guy was a bad signing. It was, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they might not change their view on that. And I know he didn't play well against St Mirren, but who did? Colin, that was a bad day at the office. Um, I thought that was his, uh, probably his finest game in a Celtic jersey so far. And he's in a group of players now who, again, like Forrest, 
who are not going to be, you know, your first picks, but they're going to play a part this season. I think McCarthy falls into that category. Eddie Gucci, hopefully, if we can get him up to fitness, will fall into that category. <laughs> Guys, that when you need them, you can rely on them to come in, and they might only be making twenty-five or thirty appearances, mainly from the bench, um, throughout the entire season, Colin. But that's vital, and I think Andrew's spoken about it, isn't he? He says you bring certain types of players to play different roles. Moy's one of the guys, and by the way, he could get dropped in for the next game, and he'll probably just get on with his business mm-hmm. in the professional manner that he has done since he got here. And the thing is, as well, about him was he almost strolled that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first couple of um, first couple of minutes, he gave the ball away, but then after that, I felt as if. He was always the one looking for the ball. He was always the one that was in almost where that Callum McGregor role should have been. And I think that's maybe why I, I didn't see so much of Matt O'Reilly in there on mm. Saturday because how efficient it was seeing someone um, like Aaron Moy getting involved in the, the game. And his passes were outstanding. Yeah, they were. He showed some technically incredible skill. Um, it's one of those games, though, I guess, when you're sort of playing a team that after maybe the third or fourth goal, they sort of did chuck it. They, they didn't really get back into the game. Um, but just to have that ability for someone who's not played consistently um, for what, maybe not played for about six months, eight months consistently. I think January, he was without a club since January, wasn't he, when he yeah. signed for Celtic, yeah. He's obviously played a couple of times for his country. Mm-hmm. He played 120 minutes, I think, in a qualifier as well. But I was surprised to get 90 minutes out of him and I thought he did really, really well. He did. And he almost looks as if he's not breaking a sweat in that midfield either. He did look very, very good, very composed. Um, and he's got that experience as well. I think that he's going to be key uh, at various points during the season. I'm keen to bring in some of your comments, ladies and gents. Brian Lennon, good afternoon, guys. Pity I get to listen to you guys live through COVID. Usually it's on my way home from work on YouTube. Well... I'm glad that you're joining us, Brian, and thank you for getting involved in the chat. What's, what's your thoughts on the discussion point so far today? We've got Alan Robertson. Greetings from Turkey over there enjoying the sunshine whilst uh, Colin Watt is in Greenock. Matthew Granger, 10.30pm here in Sydney. Luckily, the vids and games are usually on at decent times. Absolutely brilliant to hear that you're tuning in from Australia. And Helen McCallum who pops up on a regular basis. Amazing on Saturday. Bring on Motherwell. Uh, we'll have a wee chat. We'll have a look ahead to Motherwell. There's loads more to talk about as well. And as I say, keep bringing the, the comments in. We will bring yeah, you in as uh, much as possible this afternoon. Just as well, Paul, seeing in the comment section that some people are having some technical difficulties, can say on our side it's definitely not here. Um, so if it's on YouTube, refresh, come back in. Um, it seems to be working for most people, but the Gremlins definitely... Don't seem to be coming from our side here, Paul. No, everything's running smoothly. I wasn't aware if anybody has been having issues. Everything is smooth from this end. Uh, Jens, I need to talk about Marit Jens, right? So we bring him in. Uh, similarly, last season in the pre in the uh, the trans the summer transfer window, we bring in a lone centre half, Colin, because we were in a situation where we had to offload Chris Julian. So. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar, Marit Jens. I'm not comparing the player Jens with uh, Carter Vickers, but the scenario was similar. Uh, we heard a lot from the likes of Matt O'Reilly uh, because he was an ex-teammate of Jens. Mm-hmm. We'd heard from Peter Grant, who had coached both O'Reilly and Jens at Fulham. Um, so I was looking to him and thinking, well, you know, he seems to have the attributes. Um, he had had a poor season, I think, or a disappointing season in Germany, hence the reason he was allowed to come out, out on loan. 
Um, I think we've had a mixed bag from Jens up until recently. But since Carter Vickers came back into the side, I think he's been excellent. And he stood out, for me, he stood out at the weekend. I've been going on, I'm no tactical genius by any manner or means, Colin, but something that was frustrating me about the Jens and Welsh partnership was the lack of balls out to the wings, directly to the Mm -hmm. wings. And if you look at the the map of passes, um, most of the passes were going from the centre-halves to the, the full-backs. Yeah. And that, that was their go-to pass. What you've seen at the, the weekend, very, very effectively, was Jens breaking that line and going straight to Haksabanovic mainly. Um, on one occasion, the ball was actually intercepted, but we regained possession. And that's when, obviously, um, Moy set up, I think it was a fourth goal. But the first three goals started with Jens. Yeah. Through balls from Jens. I thought he was outstanding at the weekend, Colin. And, um, you know, yeah, Carter Vickers and Staffel was our first pick partnership but I think Jens has done himself absolutely no harm uh, with that performance at the weekend. Yeah, 100%. And look, he is going to have some of his own um, frailties, as are probably most players at Celtic, because if they were as good as the performances as they put in and didn't put a foot wrong, they wouldn't be at Celtic. They'd be at a higher level. You're right, Jota. Carter Vickers, yeah. these guys needed a move at the time that we got them, Colin. They're absolutely mm-hmm. tremendous footballers, but their careers weren't going in the path that they had envisaged when maybe mm-hmm. they were 17 or 18. Even someone like Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. If Joe Hart was still playing at the level that he did under the likes of Pellegrini at Man City, he wouldn't be at Celtic. He'd still probably be at City. Um, so when you take a look at it, these players are going to have bits in their game that they need to work on, they need to develop. Mm-hmm. But I thought definitely on Saturday, Marik Jens was absolutely superb. And his I mean, go-to he's... pass is Haksabanovic, yeah. He lost that pass to Haksabanovic down there the left. There was a bit in the second half, I think it was, um, where they were right in at the corner flag. And I think it was Ralston, Jens, uh, I can't remember who else played in this sort of triangle. But normally nine times out of ten, what you'd see is you'd see the centre-half trying to clear it up the park, um, giving away a throw in maybe uh, 20, 30 yards from his own goal or it would go straight into Rosette and everybody would sort of um, regain their position we played it out from that position it went from Ralston to Jens to Jens and to whoever it was I think it was maybe Moy that had dropped that far back and it built out from there and it almost created something down the other end of the park yeah. and I think that's obviously it's part of how um, Ange Postacoglu wants to set up his Celtic team is to play out like that um, but just having that confidence and being able to do so especially when we're saying maybe two weeks ago he didn't suit that partnership with Welsh people are going to find that they'll get a partnership that suits each other yeah. I mean you go back to someone like Virgil van Dijk could play with anybody could play I with like, absolutely I liked anybody. him with Denier I liked him yeah. with Denier so this is where I was going you go to mm-hmm. Denier and Denier's career if he was on, at times you were thinking he was on the same trajectory as Virgil van Dijk because of how well they played together. Obviously, he made his move to Leon, he went to Sunderland, he went uh, to another couple of places. Now he's, I think, he's playing in the, the Arab League. Um, he, he made a free transfer there maybe a, a week or two ago. A couple of players, a couple of people were saying maybe we should have brought him back. But that's how good Virgil van Dijk made him look. And I think when you've got the right partnership, you can see the two of them really look well and mm. I think for, for me a lot of that comes down to the Cameron influence of having someone like Cameron and Carter Vickers playing oh, alongside yeah. Marit Jens mm-hmm. I think as soon as you bring someone like that into the team 
um, he goes sort of from this level to that level. And it's the trust that they've got behind them as well, knowing that if, and just as Mark Gay saying here, CCV and Jens are my first-choice centre-backs. The first person on that team sheet for me every single week is Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think what we, we've got him for an absolute steal. He's still very young as well. Um, and I think he'll develop into a fantastic, fantastic centre-half going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if in five, six years he's probably playing at a very decent level down in the English Premiership. I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, it's interesting, Marky, looking at the, the first-choice centre-backs. Listen, it'll be just it'll be brilliant when Starfield's back because it just gives you that strength, doesn't it? Um, be another option as well. See, sometimes when you're, you're playing games, maybe against a, I don't know, a, a kind of lower team at home and you're quite comfortable, to go to that three at the back, to bring in someone like Starfield, which means you don't need the number six. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Because you've got the three playing at centre half, you've got the two fullbacks who just love to bomb forward. The the work rate from Burnaby and Ralston at the weekend was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um and I find I feel as if they were more in their own half sorry, in the opposition half than what they were in their own half. Yeah. And playing that three at the back behind them would perhaps cover that if that was was needed. And you could maybe go with the two up top because that two up top for maybe five, ten minutes when it did happen with Kyogo and Jakimakis was actually quite impressive. Jakimakis scored, Kyogo hit one off the post. Mm-hmm. It would be good to see a wee bit more of that just to see if it's another option and another sort of plan that we can go to. It would be interesting. I mean, Craig, um, anyone know what the fee to buy is for Gents? That would be interesting to see. A couple see that. million pounds, I think it was, maybe three, four million pounds. It'd be another brilliant bargain. Now, Angela, I've got to admit, Angelo, sorry, uh, and sometimes coughs, PJ sometimes rubs his eyebrow, a habit. I didn't even know I was doing it, but now I've got an itchy eyebrow and I'm scared to rub it. Um, there you go. Um, yeah, absolutely. I thought Gents was superb. Um, his favourite pass was Haksabanovic down the left. He's a guy that we've been speaking in glowing terms about, uh, Said Haksabanovic, Colin. Um Ange Postacoglu said he wanted to play, had a wee niggle with his ankle, he wanted to play and he took him off once the job was done. So the job was done at half time yeah. and Axel Banovic comes off. I don't think we've seen the best of this guy. I think he no. can be a revelation at Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. That cross for James Forrest for the first goal, that's that's class. That's absolute class. And again, we're speaking about players who, if they weren't, if they didn't have some deficiencies to their game, then they wouldn't be a Celtic. And I think Haksabanovic is another one. I think, obviously, the first couple of games we saw him come in, um, he looked a bit heavy on his touch. His decision-making wasn't great. Um, But then you see a performance like that on Saturday, even those 45 minutes, um, and he was just another level. I've just pictured what it would have been like if he had 
Haxabanovich down the left, Jota down the right. It would have put some of those Hibs players in an early bath. I'm surprised that there wasn't any more fouls given than what there was, and we've not touched on the referee performance yet, despite we saying that we would. Um, but he was just, for me, he's one of those players that's looked so, so comfortable in that number 10 role this season. And I was impressed with him on the left again on Saturday. He just His first thought isn't, who do I play this ball to? His first thought is, as a guy that's marking me, I'm going to take him on. And I'm so going to get past him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you saw that in Europe as well. And I think it's, it's one of those ones where... Um, I'll be interested to see what he's got to his game in terms of shooting because I've not seen that really yet from him. Um, he's been very selfless in trying to pick out other players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to see what he could do from maybe 25, 30 yards to see if he could maybe uh, offer that because I don't think we have a lot of that in the team just now. See, when you were talking there about um, the prospect of having Haksabanovic and Jota flying down the wings, I don't think we've actually seen a situation so far where all our top players have all been hitting the heights at the same time. And I think yeah. when that happens, right, it's going to be a frightening proposition. I would love to see it happen in Europe, but you know, if we come up against a team like Hibs at the weekend there and everybody's flying, then we, we can tear strips off just about everybody in this, this domestic this domestic competition call. It's interesting when you look at it and you think back to that performance against Dundee United. Mm. What, was, what was your better performance as a team? Was it the 9-0 victory or was it that performance on Saturday? Because I think it was very, very close. Although we scored the 9 against Dundee United, there was still better parts of play on Saturday. And if it wasn't for David Marshall, I know he threw one in the back of the net, it could have been 9 quite comfortably on Saturday as well. And there'll be other occasions this season, Colin. There will be other occasions. We're going for seven at the weekend. We're going for ten at Tanadice. There are going to be occasions where we're sitting here thinking it could be anything because mm-hmm. it clicks, you know, Kyogo and Hatati and O'Reilly with Haksabanovic and Yota, Abada, never even mentioned Abada. These guys have it all clicks at the same time. Frightening prospect. I want to get on to Bernabe, you've already mentioned him, but before I do so, um Jorgis Yakamakis. Uh, GG, as we call him, which I think is an acronym for goals galore. Now look at some of these, uh, look at some of these stats. Right, twenty-seven years of age. He's actually twenty-eight in December. We picked him up for a little over two million quid when he mm. had been the top goal scorer in the uh, top league in the Netherlands the previous season. Everybody was telling us, yeah, but most of the goals were from the penalty spot. He, he was a top goal scorer for a team who was relegated from the league. Anthony Joseph, who you have interviewed uh, on mm-hmm. the channel, he r- revealed that had the club stayed in the league, the asking price for Yakamakis was €12 million. Euros. Yep. We pick him up for €2 million. Unbelievable bit of business. If you look at um, the, the full complement over the two seasons of games that he's played... And you, you break it down to the minutes, Colin. Um, he has scored or assisted uh, in creating a goal every 85 minutes that he's been on the park, right? And by the way, he's only assisted one goal. So yeah. that's virtually his goal scoring record. He's scoring a goal a game if you're looking at the minutes. And you're looking at it as well as the amount of touches that he takes to score those goals as well. I know, I know. I mean, Scary. even that, that second goal at the weekend that he scored. Okay, sort of took the deflection off Bashiri and went through his legs, but ridiculous! It's a first-time finish. Mm-hmm. 
he's so confident when he gets in the ball and he's, he throws himself about. Um, the, the first goal, absolutely outstanding, um, to put it in the, the sort of top bag. There was a bit on sports scene, I watched the, the highlights back on sports scene, and it just showed you that he's not the quickest. And obviously, Porteous, and I don't know who else is playing alongside him before, uh, he gets subbed at half time as well, the other centre half. But he just kind of n- drops his shoulder into them just to kind of get a wee bit of space to give him the opportunity to get on the end of that ball. And it's just that experience of playing up front mm-hmm. and that experience of being the sort of lead target man up front that works really well for him. I mean, how many goals is that he's actually got now? He must be, what, coming up for 30 goals for Celtic? 23. Is that all? Goals. I thought he had more than goals. that. Yeah. I thought he'd but remember, he, he, missed, he missed a massive part of last season. Yeah. I thought I, I did think he had a wee bit more than that. But even at that, I mean, considering that, as you see, you pick him up for £2 million, you're talking, what, £100,000 a goal already, and that's only going to go down. Some players that you've signed previously for these kind of, this sort of two, three million pound money, you were talking it was almost two, three million pound a goal. Guys like Bio and um, players like that, although fair play to Bio, he seems to have found his level down at Watford and if he scores another sort of, I don't know, maybe five goals for them, we'll end up moving for about 30 million pounds. That that will be that, scary. That's scary, isn't it? That, that will be scary, absolutely. Um, Daniel Pincus, hi from Sydney, Australia. Thanks for tuning in, Daniel. And uh, thank you to Keith as well. He's been a long-time supporter of Axom. Afternoon all from Plymouth. I thought CCV and Jens were superb. Totally agree with that. I like seeing McCarthy come on. He can do a job. James Forrest, fantastic. What a servant for the boys. I think you put McCarthy into the same category as... Um, Forrest and uh, Gucci and these are the types of players in, in Moy who will come in and play their part this season Colin but this does lead us on to the James Forrest thing I want I want to, to mention Frank McGarvey here because um, you know I, I don't I don't mind admitting that that was very very emotional to see Frank on the park before yeah. the game Colin um, he's a man who I've had the absolute pleasure of um getting pretty close to over the last few years because we sponsor, Axon sponsors the uh, the greats team, the old Celtic greats or the old heads and as part of that sponsorship I was allowed to play. I don't know if you ever got to any of the games but Frank McGarvey is the gaffer um, of that team and yeah, he put us through our paces, uh, put me on a diet, told me to get fit uh, and the way that only Frank can, which is probably why Ange mentioned the fact that he was telling Ange how to to manage Celtic at the weekend. Absolutely superb to see him back at Celtic Park. Very emotional as well, Colin. He's a legend. He's in the 100 club and he thanked the Celtic support for all all our uh, best wishes that he's received since his cancer diagnosis. There was some really um, touching words from Ange Postacoglu after the game as well on Frank McGarvey and um, obviously talking about how Ange had followed both Liverpool and Celtic when he was um, younger because of the sort of connection with Kenny Dalglish. Kenny Dalglish being one of his most favourite players and then obviously McGarvey making that move to Celtic as well from there um, and being able to sort of follow these players' careers and you, you can tell there's a genuine sort of ad- admiration from Ange for these players as well um, on Going back to the, the whole, this is what he he grew up watching, and 
it's the same for us. If I was to ever be fortunate enough to be in Andrew's position and the likes of Henrik Larson wanted to come down and do a talk at training, I would never stop that man doing that. He was a hero of mine growing up. The same way that Andrew's now looking at some of his heroes coming down and looking to have a word. As you say, he, he, I think he gave a team talk just before the players went onto the park and he was saying, you better score in the first 20 minutes. Well, thankfully, I think we put three down in the first 20 minutes, so that was nice of him. And yeah, I don't know exactly how fit Frank is um, and I don't know how far on his diagnosis is. I, I hope it's not as bad as I felt it was when he walked off the park because I I felt when he walked off the park that that was almost his, his farewell to the Celtic support. Uh, I don't know if anyone else felt like that. Obviously, I don't know what it's like, but you could see him. He was very, very emotional. He didn't really want to say much, um, but I just kind of felt that he had this, he was wanting his last opportunity to do so. And I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that he, he bounces back and he, he comes back fitting. He, he is a, a true Celtic legend and we were losing far too many of them. So um, I hope that it's, it's not as bad as the way I felt it was when he walked off the park. He is fighting. Frank is fighting and he's a fighter. And... Um, uh, Donny boy, good to see you. Just wanted to say that as well. He is a fighter, and I think that with Frank, he's uh, such a funny guy. Such a funny, funny guy. And, um, you know, like, he would do things, Colin, like when he's picking a team, and he would send us out, and we had maybe 10 players on the park, uh, maybe 13 players on the park, and then you would say to somebody, where are you playing? Don't know. He never he never told me where I was playing. Um, and he gave a team talk one time, and they... We used to play the games in the, the junior parks and, um, you know, Simon Ferry was in the dressing room. I don't know why, but Simon Ferry was in the dressing room as well and uh, it was just like, it was a tag team between they two and you're in stitches before you went on the park. It was just an absolute uh, honour to play in the games and I look forward to seeing Frank very, very soon. Yeah, he is an absolute Celtic legend. He scored over 100 goals. It was just a, it was a shame the way things finished for him at Celtic. Scores with his last touch of the ball. Um, he headers the winning goal in the 1985 Scottish Cup final against Dundee United. And he never played for Celtic again after that. Um, he went to St Mirren and he had success at St Mirren. Uh, he's an absolute legendary character and our thoughts and prayers are still with you, Frank. Keep <coughs> fighting, pal. Um, before we go, shocking referee and show. I think that's not too strong. I thought the, the referee in, at the weekend... It was abysmal. Um, I think we're in a situation that, yeah, VAR's coming in, but, pff, you know, is it going to make anything better? People going about incompetence. I look at some of the decisions and, I mean, the guy was booed off the park, you know, and, and he's got previous for it. We know Stephen McLean's name will forever be associated with the Ronnie Dyla treble that never was, Inverness Cali, Josh Meekins, handball. The guy, he's a fraud, He's a fraud with that performance at the weekend and that, that is my absolutely honest opinion, Colin. Um, you were saying before we came on he wasn't as bad as the ref last week, but I mean the refereeing performances have been abysmal. Mm. But I, I think there's a, a very, very poor standard of refereeing in Scottish football just now and it goes right across the board. It's not just Celtic games, it's not just Rangers games, it's not just the, the sort of top level. You take a look at them and there is some ridiculous, ridiculous decisions going on. 
um, across Scottish football. Now, I was told the other day uh, by someone who's still active in the game that a lot of these sort of referees who were previously Category 2 referees or referees that were about to step down into Category 2 have been asked to stay on and be um, Category 1 referees as it stands because you need a Category 1 referee to do the VER. So we're talking about how VER might change things. I don't think so. It's the same sort of referees that's on it. I just think they're absolutely dreadful. The standard across Scotland is very, very poor. And if they ever want to do something about it, the first thing they need to do is bring in some referees from other leagues to train ours up at least. That's the very least they can do because it's just... It, it can ruin the quality of a game at times. Mm-hmm. You're trying to sell this to advertisers um, and then you get things like watching things back and you're saying the referee made 12 decisions and 10 of them were wrong. How can that be? It's not the easiest thing in the world. I get that, yeah. but... Uh, no, it's no calling, but we do it so badly. And people are... are putting in suggestions, bringing referees nationwide. Absolutely, there could be a pool of referees that uh, we tap into, which has been another suggestion that's been made previously. Uh, professional refs, yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd buy into that. Um, but it's it's all about accountability for me. I mean, you have an absolutely horrific performance, as McLean did at the weekend. Where's the accountability? Yeah, um, you know, the head of referees comes out because Kyogo beat an offside trap. Where's he coming out at the weekend there for that decision when Burnaby breaks through, uh, cuts the ball back? And, you know, no one can explain to me why the, the play was stopped. No, and see, the thing is as well, right, we had, and as much as he isn't a popular character in these sort of um, discussions, we had someone like uh, Hugh Dallas, who for a number of years was a top-level UEFA official. He was given so many different games in the Champions League. He was given so many different games at World Cups and European Championships. And was he the best referee? For us, there's a lot to be said, especially after stuff that came out after it, right? But he was recognised at a UEFA level. When was the last time we saw a Scottish referee going to... European Championships, taking charge of a Champions League game or um, being involved in the World Cup. Now, I think it was was it the Qatari League who brought in um, the guy Clattenburg from the English game. He sort of retired to go over there to train the referees up. Mm. They've got the World Cup this year and there's a Qatari referee and there's not a Scottish referee. Well, that now, just shows you the, the poor quality of the, the refs that we've got at our disposal, yeah, Colin. It really does. It is absolutely ridiculous how bad the refereeing is. And if we want to improve the standard of football, that has to change and it's it has to change it. fast. Absolutely is. Um, yeah, we will continue to comment on VAR, its introduction, even though the powers that be tell us that there's going to be teething problems. Uh, it was interesting, Dalgleish came out at the weekend, Kenny Dalgleish saying, why? <laughs> why should there be teething problems? I, I would veer on the, the side of Kenny Dalgleish on that one. Here's um, one for you, Paul. Right, sorry to interrupt. VAR comes in. We still don't have goal line technology. So there wasn't anything to say, to, to suggest to Stephen McLean on Saturday that that ball was over the line. And I still haven't seen a full, complete angle replay. 
that sells me that that ball's 100% over the line. Celtic TV, the highlights package, it's about nine minutes long. There's there's a brilliant angle, Colin. I've not seen that. I've, I've not seen that one. Aye. And that shows you that there's no question. It's it's quite a bit over the line. It actually, um, it hits the deck before he scoops it away, and it's over. It's over the line by quite a distance. But I but, mean, it's, um, things like that. Why why haven't we had goal line technology? It's been available, and it's it's not exactly expensive. It's in, it's in leagues that have got less money in it than what we have. We need to prioritise the technology uh, to ensure that uh, we've got as much chance as, as possible uh, of getting the right decision. Um, and, you know, that's what it comes down to, Colin. And it will be interesting to see that, but I, I go back to what I said, shocking refereeing performance at the weekend by McLean, um, and the standard just isn't getting any better. We've run a wee bit over, Colin. That's probably your gaffer saying, what are you doing on that broadcast? <laughs> um, I've got to thank everybody for getting involved all over the globe. It's an absolute pleasure to join you at 12.30 every single weekday. We'll be covering the games, obviously, this week as well. And it's always a pleasure to be joined by Colin Watt. Thank you all for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.